if you grew up without a father in your life, the wound is not only a, is not only painful, but a constant presence all of your life. Knowing what to do with that pain can be the difference between becoming a great father or husband and losing it all. My guest will lay out the steps to finding healing and purpose in your lives so you can be whole and complete. So don't go anywhere. Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Guerrero. Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest is John Smithbaker. John is an author, speaker, and founder of Fathers in the Field. He's also an alpha male activator. John's passion and focus is helping men recapture their divinely assigned roles of pastor, provider, and protector in the home. John, thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a great honor. John, you have a ministry centered around boys and men who grew up fatherless. There's no way you would get involved with something like this without it being personal in some way. What is your own story starting from childhood? Well, it's a it's a long story. It takes about 40 years, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> short version. <laughs> but uh no, my father took off on me and my family, my older sister and my mom, when I was in my mom's belly. She was pregnant with me, and he moved across town, started a new family, adopted some stepkids, and uh, I never really saw him, uh, really until high school. But uh, growing up with a, without a dad had a profound impact on my life, and uh, it, it was a hole that I tried to fill through accomplishment and perfectionism. and. I didn't really understand all that growing up, but I do now. And I uh, just uh, looking back on it, you know, I tried to earn my father's return and his affection just through my accomplishments. And uh, so many others go the other way and they rebel uh, and um, they cause a lot of havoc on society. But uh, knowing now what I do know, you know, we both end up uh, on the same course, you know, abandoning our family either through divorce or out of wedlock children. So it, it was, it's a long story that we can get into, but uh, God saved me on a road to Damascus experience when I was 40 years old. And um, that's obviously when my world changed. But I remember when I got on my hands and knees and begged for his forgiveness, I saw my fleshly sins flash before me and I gave those up very easily. But the, the one sin I did not want to give up was the unforgiveness of my father for abandoning us. Because like most fatherless children, they tell themselves every day they're never, ever going to forgive them. Uh, they believe it's the unforgivable sin. And uh, I was the same way, but uh, now confronted with the holy being. And uh, I heard the Heavenly Father say, no, John, you're not done. You need to now forgive your, your earthly father for leaving you. And uh, I did. I repented and of that sin. And that's when I felt a rush in my body. That's when I felt I was born again and became a new creation and adopted into God's family. And uh, shortly thereafter, God put in my heart to start a ministry called Fathers in the Field and where I would uh, intentionally go after these fatherless boys through the local church and intentionally dress the father wound deep down inside them. And, and that's the, the journey I'm on now. We have something in common in that we both had similar, as you would call it, the road to Damascus experience. So yeah. 
Mm-hmm. What was that experience physically like for you? How did that whole event start? I just felt this overwhelming sensation to pull my truck over the side of the road. And, and that's, that's what I did. And I've, I've looked back on that. And, you know, my mom called herself a Christian, would usher us to church frantically now and then when she had time. Um, I personally always believed there was a God, um, but obviously I wasn't saved. And I always felt somebody was looking after me, as weird as that sounds, uh, in, in my crazy life. I wasn't living like a believer. I mean, I had no desire for God. I wasn't reading the Bible, you know. Um, uh, I think I made a just, you know, just lived a very worldly life, you know, making more money. I was living a perfect life, making a lot of money, living in Wyoming, uh, started having a family, lived in a home, just just living a good life. And, um, so I, I, you know, just part of God's providential plan to, to save me at that time. And I'm glad he did because I was on the road that led to divorce, putting myself and my own hobbies and passions and desires and accomplishments ahead of my, my wife and my, my family. So praise God, he saved me when he did, or I probably would have ended up abandoning my children too through divorce. And uh, so thankful for that. When I think of how God personally feels about fatherhood, two scripture texts come to mind. One is Isaiah 117, and the other one is Malachi 4, 6. What do they both mean and how are they connected? You hit the nail on the head. You know, they're, they're, it's not an easy answer because it's a long answer, but they're very connected because, you know, stepping back a little bit, the as I read the Bible, the angriest God has uh, shown in the Bible to his children is over this issue of fatherlessness, where his people were given lip service to the fatherless and widows of their time. And this is the religious people. And thus the James 1 27 verse, pure religion is, you know, looking after the orphans and the widows. Yes. We're not doing that. So God was very, very upset. And so, you know, God was seeing, seeing this abuse take place, this brokenness, this hurt, corruption. And then at the end of the Old Testament, um, where, where God, Malachi, you know, prayed that uh, right before the 400 years of silence, you know, that uh, he prayed that, that the father's hearts would be turned to their children and the children back to their father. So to me, really, it all points to the father-son relationship is the foundation of the world. Obviously, we know that now as believers with Christ Jesus and, and the Heavenly Father and what all that means. And that the men, boys, males have a very God-ordained, glorious purpose and roles and so when that is shattered, those roles, that relationship shatters, there is severe consequences, always consequences. And that's what's happening with this issue right now. Satan knows what he's doing. Uh, the, the special de- de- designed roles by God Almighty himself of being the pastor, provider, and protector. That is a male role, a man's role. And it's not a woman's role. And we are supposed to lead the church. We're supposed to lead our families. We have headship even before the fall. And, and God has a plan. And it doesn't mean he doesn't love both women and men the same and equally and all that. And he's given them wonderful roles. 
as well. But to, but we are complementary in his design and to raise a healthy, stable, God honoring child takes both the male and the female, the masculinity and the nurturing to grow a soul. And when either one is missing, the child pays the price. And that's what happens in fatherlessness. And uh, it's broken spiritually, emotionally, physically, practically, and all those things. It, it is the devastation beyond devastation. And I think the devil knows that. And uh, our country now is starting to see and pay a dear price because it's over 50% now in our own country. And we see it out there. There's no denying it anymore, praise God, if there's a silver lining. Malachi 4.6 has become the vision and purpose for the Fatherhood Challenge, which is the scripture text that references turning the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. And uh, the last part of that scripture text we don't like to read. We just like to stop there because the last part has to do with the cursed, lest I strike the land with the cursed. That that makes some wonder, is Malachi 4, 6 a scripture text that is relevant today, or was this just relevant at some given point in time thousands of years ago when it was written? No, of course, all God's scripture is relevant now. Um, that's why he gave it to us. And uh, it, it's a profound issue. And uh, I believe it. I believe our land is cursed for a lot of reasons. I mean, we are no longer a Christian nation. We, we, we murder babies in the womb. We slowly, uh, you know, kill children through fatherlessness. I mean, if you look at the stats of the suicides, you know, there's uh, anecdotally, if you just kind of paste numbers together, approximately 7,000 fatherless children attempt suicide daily. And if you look at all the symptoms in the world, drug addiction, pornography, workaholicism, depression, suicide, that, you know, that's what always gets the attention. But if you look behind the scene, um, it's all fatherless related, in my opinion. When, when God's ordained plan of marriage and the cup is broken, there's always consequences. When Adam brought sin and corruption into the world, he's the one to blame the woman. And uh, men are blaming women now versus taking complete responsibility for headship and, mar- and the marriage, marriage vow. Is there a satanic link in fatherlessness? Absolutely. I believe there is. I mean, listen, when, I mean, there's the practical, spiritual again. I mean, let's start practically. When, when a father leaves the home, this is the, the family is the fortress God gave us to raise the next generation of pastor providers and protectors, the next generation of helpers, women, and um, listen, when, when the man leaves the home, the castle, and, and basically the family has to raise the white flag of surrender and all the marauding influences of the world can now swoop in. And that's what happens. So, yes, most definitely it's demonic. And uh, you cannot. One thing that I make very clear, and I hope your audience listen to men, is you can, men, fathers cannot fulfill the biblical roles of fatherhood, which are pastor, provider, and protector, unless you're in the home. This crazy concept that your children are okay because you and your wife aren't getting along and you're going to move 
and the children are better off, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Oh, so, so it is, it is, um, just, just been distorted and we try and make excuses. I believe the American church glosses over this because half their congregants have been divorced, but, uh, I've made a pledge that I'm going to boldly go forth and be the, the voice and the advocate for the fatherless and their hurt, even if it steps on toes, because sadly, these children, these fathers, children do not have a seat at the table and nobody, I mean, very few thankful for your heart are speaking out and being an advocate for them. Even when they try to co-parent the, the latest buzzword, you still cannot fulfill the biblical roles of fatherhood of being a pastor, provider, and protector unless you're in the home. But let's make no mistake about it. That separation happens as soon as that marriage is broken. And we're not talking about love. I'm not saying the father may not love his children. I'm just saying that the children are fatherless at that point. The fatherhood roles have been abandoned. And that is what the church, that is what men have to really understand. So if you want to understand the fatherless issue, you have to come to grips what God designed and intended. And when, when we pretend that's not the case, these children suffer in private because the world, the family, well-meaning relatives, everybody comes, you don't need a dad. Big boys don't cry and you'll get over it. And that is another lie from the pit of hell. As a ministry of fathers in the field, we get to come alongside these boys and we get to tell them what your dad did was terribly wrong, will matter greatly in your life, but through the power of Christ, you can be the man God intended you to be. There is victory in the cross that Jesus uh, died on our behalf. So it is important. And, and that's what I'm saying. So if you look at all the government statistics, which are 10, 20 years old, and that's a paints a bad picture of the fatherless issue. But if you really define it from a biblical standpoint, which our government does not, we have a huge issue in this country. And the, 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 on average, the, the father's child gets or feels abandoned seven times before he's 18. You have boyfriends come into the home where they called him daddy, then the next boyfriend, and then he leaves. Or you have a stepdad come in and second marriages with children have an extremely high divorce rate of 75%. So that marriage breaks up. And then you have that, that additional fatherhood wound. This is a big issue. And the, and the American church has done a very poor job. And we gloss over the divorce that that is a father abandonment wound. And uh, I, it, it's, it's, it's something that has to be addressed. And it's a sad state of affairs. I'd like to pause and thank our proud sponsor of the Fatherhood Challenge, Zencaster. If you've thought about podcasting before and realize that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcast production platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. But the reason I personally use and trust them with the production of this syndicated radio program is their professional broadcast quality sound. There is no better time than now to start your podcast using Zencaster for all your needs. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code fatherhood 
and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Okay, so I want to cycle back to this because there is something about this whole marriage thing that we're talking about. There is a link between the image of God somehow and marriage and why marriage is so important and why that matters and how this whole fatherhood thing that we're talking about is linked into it. So it sounds like the root necessarily isn't the fatherhood issue. The root is the, is marriages and the whole spiritual disconnect that is happening in marriages. Is, is that, am I reading this correctly? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think you're spot on, you know, listen, Christ is head of the church. That's his bride. That is a marriage covenant to his church. The man, the father, the husband is supposed to be the head of that marriage. And the little church, the family is supposed to mirror and point to the other church. And then that's just how it works. So this whole marriage is important. That's why Satan wants to co-opt the word marriage. Marriage is a godly divine institution. It's not a government institution. It's not a government, you know, design or it's not man-made. It's another way to say it. No, it's it's God-made. And not that everyone has to be married, but if you're going to marry and God's going to bless you with children under your shepherdhood, you better take it serious. And God gives a great charge to men. The, the, the responsibility of marriage, in my opinion, is 110% on the man. That is the role of a leader and headship. And it starts with choosing wisely, with great discernment, the future mother of your children. If you marry a, a woman that will separate, isolate, tear your children out from under you, whose fault is that? You made a bad choice. And again, we live in a broken world, so I get it. But again, we cannot blame the woman like Adam did. Men have to start taking responsibility even in the selection of your future mother of your children. And, and uh, stop having sex before marriage, follow God's design and process, use biblical discernment to find out if this would not be unequal yoked. God gives a lot of, lot of principles and, and commands concerning marriage. And mar- make no mistake about it, marriage is a struggle because we live in a broken, sinful world, in a fallen world. But uh, you're right. I mean, uh, for believers, again, you know, it, it takes the Holy Spirit working through us, sanctifying us and growing us and humbling us and self-sacrificing in us. But men are called to be self-sacrificing in a marriage. So our needs come last. And uh, it reminds me of a story when I, I after I was saved, uh, I wrote a forgiveness letter to my dad and and then. And then I went to go meet him to share the gospel with him. I asked him, I asked him, so why'd you leave? And his response to me is, I just wasn't happy. And if you think about it, and I've thought about it a lot, what a selfish thing to say and do 
and destroy the souls and wound the souls of your children because you weren't just happy. So it's, it's, you know, selfishness. We, we as men are called to love our wife like Christ loves the church that is self-sacrificing. And he went unto death for his church. And so we are to die of our selfishness and put our children, our wife, our family first. And if I, 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 I commit to you, none of us will do it perfectly, but if our motivation is to love our bride, like Christ loved the church, your marriage will hold together. And the basic premise that I've come to the conclusion, you know, certainly all those fruits of the spirit, none of us will do it perfectly because we live in that broken land. But what we can do whenever we mess up is we humbly, graciously ask for our children and our wife's forgiveness. That is part of loving them like Christ loved the church. Asking for biblical forgiveness. Please forgive me. I was wrong. And if we model that in our marriages, it will go on and it will deepen the hearts and the relationship through that one act, that one principle of always being quick to ask for forgiveness. So if you do raise your voice, you don't handle a situation, you're impatient, ask for forgiveness. Stop making excuses. So joy, um, part of the Holy Spirit's ministry is to grow us in God's truth. And James says that the way we, we ask, way we find joy is through God's truth. So this whole culture, this whole society is based on feelings. And these feelings lie to us all the time. Because we feel we aren't unha- we're unhappy, I, who gives a rip? You made a vow. You made a commitment. Your feelings have nothing to do with your commitment. Read God's word. Your yes is supposed to be yes, and your no is supposed to be no. So our commitments, God's words and truth, combined with the Holy Spirit growing us, helping us learn, helping us deeply understand God's truth that The only place that's found is in the Bible. That's how we find joy. If we understand every trial, every situation is a a sovereign act of God's providence, we find joy. What are you teaching me here? He he puts us in stressful situation to teach us patience and joy through those trials. So it's part of the sanctification process. Instead of trying to live a perfect life, what we should be doing is understanding what a perfect life would look like and we are never going to measure up to it. And when we don't, we humble ourselves and ask for forgiveness. That's how we grow. Talk to that dad now that has their own father missing from their life, and they feel empty and abandoned even as adults, like there's a big hole in who they are. How do they find healing, purpose, and wholeness? The way to heal your father wound deep inside you, where you may feel it's a, uh, the unforgivable sin, or you may lie to yourself and say, you've moved on. It didn't really matter. It made me the man I am today. All those worldly expressions, it's a lie. The question you have to earnestly answer before God Almighty himself, so don't lie to God, 
Have you forgiven your earthly father for leaving you behind to fend for yourself in this world? That's what you have to answer. I've run across so many men who were fatherless boys that have not, and they need to. So what is the consequence for a believer with unconfessed sin in their life? And we have to understand that unforgiveness is a sin. Unforgiveness is a sin. So what happens to a believer when we have unconfessed sin in life? Well, the Bible makes that clear. We have broken fellowship with our Heavenly Father. Broken fellowship. Basically, you're put on time out in God's kingdom because you have broken fellowship. God said he most likely won't even be listening to your prayers. You grieve the Holy Spirit that's living inside you. So you have so many men, because now we're in the second generation of this fatherless tidal wave through our country. They're sitting on the sidelines. They may be saved, but they're not in the kingdom battle. And my hope, my charge, my aspiration is to help heal these men so the men that have been healed can help us charge the gate because the barbarians are definitely at the gate in our nation. And we need more men in the kingdom battle. You can be the man God intended you to be, but you have to forgive. You have to forgive what you believe is the unforgivable sin. How can dads find your books, connect with you, or learn more about what you're doing? Yes, Man Enough to Forgive is that you can find it at manenoughtoforgive.com or through the ministry of fathers in the field.com. And uh, yeah, so we're going through the steps to get it in all the other outlets now, but it just was recently released. So that's the only place you can get it now, but it soon will be on Amazon and things like that. But yes, so it's a great thing. And also there's a workbook, a four, four series part workbook that you can do it in a men's study. And it, it takes uh, four quarters because it, it's all, it's a, an issue that you really have to take out your soul time to breathe and digest what we're saying. Just to make everything easier. If you go to the that's the fatherhoodchallenge.com. Go to this episode and look right below the episode description. Everything, all the links and everything that John's mentioned, I will have it posted there so you can just click on it and it will take you right to that resource. And John, as we close, what is your challenge to dads listening now? Listen, you matter. You matter more than you think. Okay. You matter in the lives of souls who are made in God's image. So I would say for dads, you have a God-designed role. Do not bail on it. Do not quit on it. Do not pretend you can do it from outside the home. But listen, men, God made you for a glorious reason. Stand up straight. Put your shoulders back. None of us are perfect. Don't live in the shame of your past. You are redeemed souls. God took your burden and your shame. You can live in victory, show your scars with a joy of thanksgiving, but be the man God intends you to be. Be the shepherd, be the pastor, provider, and protector of your family. Love your wife like Christ loved the church. And you will not do it perfectly, but you know the standard. And when you don't, which we all don't, be quick to ask for forgiveness and say, God, help me grow. Holy Spirit, like you said, Holy Spirit, help me on this journey. 
but I will not abandon my post that I made a vow. I will not blame the woman, but I will take responsibility. I will be held account because children are a blessing. Marriage is a blessing. And God made you men for a glorious purpose. Don't shy away from it. Lean into it. John, this has been an absolutely needed conversation and welcome. Thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge. Thank you, brother. Thank you for your heart to get the word out. Thank you for what you do for the fatherless and being an advocate for them. May God have mercy on us and our nation on this issue. The tsunami is on its way. We better get our act together in our homes and our church. Pastor Greg Laurie says it best. Our families can survive without the nation, but our nation cannot survive without the families. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fatherhood Challenge. If you would like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit thefatherhoodchallenge.com. That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com.